This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Quick Trip. For all your grocery essentials, plus hot food, including pizza and freshly prepared hand-breaded chicken, Twins fans, Quick Trip has you covered. Well, welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Quick Trip. For all your grocery essentials, plus hot food, including pizza and freshly prepared hand-breaded fried chicken, Twins fans, Quick Trip has you covered, and we have you covered here on uh, our Inside Twins with Derek Falvey. Uh, it has been certainly a busy week for Derek Falvey. I hope you paid for the uh, unlimited plan on the old cell phone, Derek, because between the injuries and the roster moves necessitated, you're on the front end of a 10-game three-city road trip, which is already difficult enough in these circumstances. It has been a busy time. Let's start right away with some procedural questions. Sean Poppin and Danny Coulomb, who pitched well last night, go from your taxi squad to your active roster. That leaves your taxi squad at two as you're heading again with seven more games after today on this road trip. What is the procedure there in terms of whether you add fresh bodies or whether you go status quo? So the league uh, certainly gives you some guidance around this. We're we're allowed to have up to uh, five taxi squad players when we leave on a trip, no more. Uh, And right now, obviously, we're we're down a couple as a result of uh, some of the decisions we had to make. We originally had a five-man taxi squad planned. Uh, ultimately, Lamont Wade was going to be on it as well. He became active in our last game at home. So uh, we are down a few. We have two in, in Williams Astadio and Juan Manaya uh, who are there and ready and capable and ready to go. So if we need to activate either a position player or a pitcher, we feel we're in a good spot. If during the course of the remainder of the trip uh, you need a player, you will have to fly them commercially. There's no rule against that. We'll obviously be very careful and give them all kinds of guidance and planning around how they travel right now. Uh, or we've had players travel uh, when we claimed Ildemaro Vargas. He had to travel and followed all of those protocols. So by and large, what we know about it is it's really safe to do so if you if you do it appropriately and properly. So we don't need to refill our taxi squad until we need it, and ultimately, hopefully, we don't the rest of the way. Yeah, cross your fingers on that. The, you've uh, certainly taken a, a dent already early in this road trip. What about the injured players? Odorizzi with the contusion, not a longer-term thing, simply a, a lot of pain he's going to have to work through and will. Zach Littell, more questions in terms of the severity of what's going on anytime an elbow is involved for a pitcher. Uh, where are they, and what is the process for those young men? I think we got lucky on, on both counts. You know, injuries are never uh, easy to deal with, certainly, for any player. In Jake's case, that ball came back pretty hard at him. And, you know, when you see it hit in that area, I thought you know, initially maybe it hit his forearm or his elbow or some area that would impact his arm. Fortunately, he missed that. Uh, but it did get him in kind of the rib abdomen area. Uh, we did all, all scanning and MRI, CT scan, MRI, and otherwise to rule out any type of issue, uh, either internally or, or in the rib cage area. And fortunately, all of that is clear. So, He's already uh, seemingly responding and feeling a little better. Uh, for the first day or so, he was pretty tight in that, that space. We felt like he's probably going to miss a start here. Let's make sure we get him back fully healthy uh, before he gets back on the mound. But good signs in the early going. 
in Zach's case, too, it was similar. Anytime you have a, a pitcher wave out a trainer to the mound in the middle of the inning, it makes you nervous. You, you think that he's feeling something, maybe something popped or otherwise. In Zach's case, it was really just a tightness um, kind of in the in the forearm and elbow area. Um, but fortunately, when we, we got a, a full exam of it, we felt like this is something that he can probably knock out with a little bit of downtime, uh, a little bit of uh, rest and recovery. And we don't think this will be a long-term concern for him. So in both cases, we feel like we're in a, a pretty good spot relative to what it could have been that night when we saw those two injuries. Yeah, very scary. Anytime a guy's p- pointing to his elbow on the mound, that is uh, certainly you, you think the worst, and hopefully uh, it is the best-case scenario for Zach Littell. Today, Derek, is going to be a bullpen day, and this is certainly a bullpen more than capable of winning games uh, on the mound, and we've seen that. But this is also a pitching staff that uh, has Maeda coming off a, a ton of pitches most he's ever thrown. Rich Hill, very much a, a guy whose innings are, are a question mark. You're hoping to get five out of him next turn, and it's an unrelenting grind of games games throw in the fact that Coulomb had to throw over 30 pitches yesterday was there any consideration that in lieu of a bullpen game here with the current state of the pitching staff you would take a starter from your pool like a Duran or a Chalmers who's on your 40 man and and zip them down the road and maybe give them a chance uh in this situation was that part of the thought process and considered at all well we've talked certainly about all kinds of iterations of our roster and uh, while Matt Whistler will will pitch uh, to start the game today and certainly has had starting history, uh, after that, we have a starter on our team in Devin Smeltzer, a guy who's pitched a lot of innings for us and, and has a chance to, to lengthen out uh, this game. So we feel like with those two guys uh, carrying the bulk of this game, that'll ultimately be like a starter, like a single starter going in and through this game. We're hopeful we can get through five or six innings with those guys. So after that, you certainly have a number of other uh, capable relievers and, and guys that we've we've tried to rest and, and give some recovery to. You know, with the 28-man roster this year and a few more pitchers available to you, it's a little different than what we're used to with the 25. You have the ability to to push a few guys uh, into the into the mix a little more frequently, and going with a bullpen game is a tick easier this year than it has been in, in past years. We wanted to give Maeda the extra day. Certainly, going out and throwing over 110 pitches. Uh, in that in that tremendous effort last week against Milwaukee, we felt like the best thing to do, even though this was his day to pitch, give him one extra day, get him a little bit extra rest, so that going into the Cleveland series, he's as fresh as possible. So we're, we're, we feel good about our group. Every time we've done a, a bullpen game so far, everyone has stepped up for us and pitched really well. So I have no doubt with the guys we have here, we're, we'll be ready to go today. I also know, Derek, that there's no way that you and your group only think of it in terms of in terms of the singular day, because certainly, yes, today's fine, but you also have to think about coverage for the coming days, and that all gets wrapped into it as well, correct? Absolutely, and I think that's where Rocco, uh, Rocco and I talked just the other night about as we were planning out the next few days. You know, when Jorge Alcala came in the other night and threw the ball the way he did, it was, it was tremendous to watch, but we knew, okay, because of the number of pitches, he's down a couple of days, you know, Caleb Fieldbar through we're being really careful with our pitchers we are seeing injuries you know across the game uh, particularly on the pitching side that we are paying very close attention to fortunately for us i think you know we haven't had as many of those same issues but we're really being thoughtful and careful as we build up because we have a lot of games in a row we don't have a lot of rest 
Uh, we want to make sure we're keeping guys as healthy and fresh as possible all the way through the end of the season and hopefully into a, a, a nice playoff run as well. Yeah, Lewis Thorpe beating up those innings before heading back to St. Paul, critical too uh, in terms of allowing you guys some flexibility here uh, moving forward. What is the Homer-Bailey setback? Uh, uh, Rocco's asked all the time, and, and he do, his credit is like, I don't know. I'm worried about the active guys. Uh, you guys probably see more of what he's doing than I am, but what what is the setback with Homer-Bailey that landed him on the 45? You know, as he as he got started to throw the other day, he threw a bullpen, and as we saw, and I think we we mentioned post uh, post bullpen, he felt he felt good, he felt fine. You know, he's a guy who's had a lot of innings logged. I think guys at his stage of his career, uh, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to find any pitcher in the game that feels great every time they're going through a season. So uh, he certainly knows his body and knows how it feels. What we were able to do uh, to some degree because of the date that he was put on the original IL, which was the 30th of July. We can backdate in a 45-day placement all the way to that, so we gain those additional days. So now he'll be available to come off of the IL the second week of September. We felt like as he was throwing his pen, he wasn't feeling uh, great coming out of it the next day, a little bit of tightness, a little bit of soreness. Again, what our nature is to make sure that we listen to the player, listen to their body, have them communicate with us. We felt like the best thing we can do is continue to go back to some of the strengthening exercises, uh, reduce a little bit of the throwing here in the short term and try and put him in a position so that the second week of September, he's as healthy and ready as, we, as he can be. So we know Michael Pineda is coming off the uh, the restricted list here, hopefully at the end of the month, if we get through our, our 36th game by then. And then ultimately we feel like Homer can be in a nice little boost at some point in September if we do this right. The last thing we want to do is activate a guy have him feel soreness again, and then have to go back on the aisle at some point. Along the way. So, so not so much a setback, just simply a timetable that matched up with some uh, math on the calendar that allowed you to free up a roster spot. Yeah, I think it, w- it would be fair to say he was feeling some continued soreness, which we don't want to see during a, a rehab. We were hopeful he'd be fully clear when he started his throwing program. I mean, all signs pointed to him feeling as good as possible going into that. He didn't feel as good. So I, I, it's okay to describe it in some ways as a setback because he didn't feel – as good as he would like, but that, but we don't think it's a, a significant issue here in the short term. We want to make sure we get back to the exercises he needs to be doing so that he can ramp up his throwing program and feel little to no soreness when he does so. That's the voice of Derek Falvey. The show is Inside Twins as we are discussing all things twins. And we will uh, have Derek uh, jump into his marching band uniform when we return because it's almost halftime of this 2020 season. We'll talk about the first half and also look ahead to the trade deadline when we return to Inside Twins on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back for more Inside Twins. Derek Falvey is our guest. We are brought to you by Quick Trip for all your grocery essentials. Plus, you can get hot food, including pizza and freshly prepared hand-breaded fried chicken. Twins fans, Quick Trip has you covered. As we went into the last break, uh, Derek, we we're talking a little bit about Homer Bailey. Uh, Homer Bailey's pitched one game. Rich Hill has thrown seven and two-thirds innings. Jake Odorizzi's thrown ten innings. Mitch Garver and Josh Donaldson have combined to drive in four runs, and Josh has only played seven games. And yet... We're talking about a first-place team. Uh, Do you look at that and you smile because you're still in first place? Uh, Do you weep for what might have been? Or are you simply planning to try to get as many healthy bodies as you can for as long as possible down the stretch? I I think the the last point there is the way I think about it. You know, we take it day-to-day here. I think what I am proud of is we we really want to build a deep team, one that has waves of of that depth to help us when we do face the inevitable injury. And uh, that's in a normal season. That's in a 162. And I – I feel like that's what we should take pride in as a, as a front office, as a coaching staff, as a player development crew, and as a scouting crew, make sure that we continue to build 
for for the backups. And that that's a credit to what all of those guys have done. You know, we're 18 and 10 sitting there with one of the better records uh, in the game right now. And as a result, put ourselves in a good position, even though we haven't been at full strength. And uh, I'm excited about what it'll look like when we do get those guys back. I think in each of the, the players you mentioned, uh, Josh Donaldson making good progress. You know, Jake Odorizzi, as we just talked about, didn't uh, experience too much of an issue here. Rich Hill's back on the mound, and I'm, we're confident it's going to go in the right direction. Uh, so we have each of these guys ready to go at some point going forward. None of them are shut down for the season. And I think that's a, a critical step here as we go into a late stretch into late August and early September, because I think they're a deadline addition, so to speak, uh, right on our team. As soon as they get back in, we're going to be even a better club than we have been already. You mentioned the deadline. It's coming up rather quickly. It's certainly a unique trade deadline without minor league seasons ongoing. Uh, in light of all of these injuries, and as you mentioned, you don't expect anybody to be uh, completely out of the picture for the, the last 30 games of the season, but do the injuries at all impact the way you look at the trade deadline? I think we certainly it factors in. Uh, we want to make sure that we're giving ourselves a chance to, to fill and to fill positions as necessary. Uh, we've been able to make some small you know, moves already within our organization, or even just like in adding Vargas to give us a little bit more infield depth from uh, in a small trade. There, this is we always have to be thinking about that. But that said, my early conversations with most clubs here is that because there are uh, 16 teams making the playoffs here, you know, in a way that normally. Uh, you'd only see eight teams, you know, across baseball in a series once you get past the wild card round. Now that's a lot of teams competing for playoff spots. So my read early here is that there are very few clubs uh, that are uh, that are mailing it in, so so to speak, and and are focused on trying to find a way to get into the playoffs. We'll see how that plays out over the next week. Uh, we'll be prepared if things if things present for us. Well, what's interesting to me is, as you mentioned, a lot of teams will be in the playoffs, and yet. These 30 games in the back half of the season in terms of how they line up are critical right now. Yes, 18 and 10, one of the better records in the American League, first place in the division, but three teams in the central within one game of one another. And the difference between being a half game up and one game back, Derek, is the difference between playing, say, Toronto or somebody who just scrapes into the postseason and playing the the Yankees or Oakland or Tampa Bay the way it lines up. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, in a 60-game season, we've said this from the outset, that uh, we have to play our best baseball in a sprint, so to speak, and, and we're going to go take each game, you know, one to itself. Everyone has that same challenge, but I feel like we've got we've got a group that, that knows that. They're, they're prepared. They go into every game every night in a good spot. You know, at the end of the day, everything will shake out the way it'll shake out. The only thing we can control is taking care of our business, and, and so far I'm, I'm proud of the way our guys have done that. Let's get back to Josh Donaldson because there are 32 games remaining on your schedule, including today. He's not on this trip. will extend for another 7 to 10 days. Uh, He'll need to find uh, his timing and get to hit a little bit. He's a guy who's always eager to put in the work. There's no question about that. How many games can you legitimately expect to get from Josh Donaldson? And can he or will he be able to jump right back in or will it be a measured process and hope that he hits the ground running in time for postseason? Fortunately, he's he's made really good progress on a daily basis, and and just the other day over in St. Paul, played the inner squad game just to get some live ads and to get a home run in his first at bat. So that's a good sign. He's feeling good. He's swinging the bat well. Uh, but that you know what we want to do. Josh has had some history with a with a calf problem in his career. Uh, one time when he had that, he rushed himself back a little bit, and and as a result, ended up having a setback while playing. And, and had to be shut down for a period of time longer. Because of that history, because Josh knows his own body and we know where we, he needs to be, we have been more conservative with respect to this return. And 
we're doing that because when we acquire Josh, we know the kind of impact bat he can be. I mean, he's an impact player. And when we talk about September, late September, and hopefully going into a playoff series, we want Josh Donaldson at his best. And not that it doesn't help us now to have him in the middle of the lineup. It sure does. But we certainly don't want to put ourselves in a position to have a setback along the way. So we're hopeful that that this uh, during the course of this road trip, we continue to get really good reports out of what he's doing back here in Minnesota and, and over in St. Paul. He has been. And we'll, we'll take this day to day. My hope is that we're seeing him back on the field sooner than later, but we're going to let the uh, the health of his body dictate that to us. Yeah, and Mitch Garver's intercostal, I know the great news was that it was a lower level of, of strain to the intercostal, but Derek, those injuries are so, so tricky and are the type of injury that can't really be rushed. How is Mitch doing and what is his prognosis in terms of any sort of return to baseball activity? He's, he's been in rehab over the last couple of days, along with uh, the likes of Josh and a few others that are back here in Minnesota. Uh, we get a report every night from, from their activity. And in the early going, I would say his, his pain and, and overall soreness is really low on, on a scale that we use for our guys. So that's a good sign. That means that it was truly that, that grade one, very low-grade intercostal strain. I think, as you mentioned, you got to be careful. you got to watch it as you go. The one good thing here for, for him, I think, that, that stands out is that for a right-handed hitter, uh, the intercostal strain on the right side of the body is usually a little less severe than the one on the left side of the body. That front side rib cage oblique area is the one that pulls your, your bat through the zone to some degree, and those can be a little more – they can create more soreness for guys. So, fortunately, his is on the, the, the right right side of the body. So, uh, hopefully, we'll get him back. He feels good. He's moving in a good direction. But, again, we're not going to rush that. We're fortunate that Ryan Jeffers is here and ready to jump in and help us as we go forward. Yeah, and Ryan Jeffers, first player that your group drafted to reach the major leagues. That has to be kind of a fun organizational moment. We're going to hear from Alex Hassan about that in our pregame lineup card, but but that has to be one where everybody from the, the first cross-checker who saw him or the local scout all the way on up to the folks who pulled the trigger uh, and Sean in the draft room have to be able to see. And then the development guys, hey, yeah, we got one right. Yeah, absolutely. All the way through. You know, I think Ryan was somebody who was a bit under the radar in college at UNC Wilmington, you know, wasn't a necessarily a high profile guy, but we really liked his skills. We loved the makeup. We felt like he was going to be a good developmental story uh, if we could get the catching right where we needed it to be. He's been phenomenal there. So, I mean, I'm sure Alex will touch on all of those things, but when we, we got a chance to call him up and we were going to activate him, uh, I, my first call was to Sean Johnson and I just told him, Congratulations, you know, specifically for him and, and that first pick to get there uh, and that he could call the area guys and otherwise. That's a cool moment in anyone's career, uh, particularly for a scouting director who worked so hard as a group to get to get that guy together. But a true team effort and a credit to Ryan for all he's done to get to the big leagues and make an impact for us. That's Derek Falvey. This is Inside Twins. We're back with one final segment in a moment right here on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back. Final segment of Inside Twins brought to you by Quick Trip for all your grocery essentials plus hot food, pizza, and freshly prepared hand-breaded fried chicken. Twins fans, Quick Trip has you covered. We've got you covered with Derek Falvey here on Inside Twins. Uh, you know, during this the, the summer camp, Derek, there was a lot of very positive talk about some of the ideas of how summer camp was put together and maybe using those to transform the way spring training has traditionally looked now we've seen a wave of injuries i don't think that's caught anybody by by surprise in the game are some of those summer camp ideas still front of mind that if you had more than just two weeks they would still be uh maybe ways to improve the way you go about getting prepared for a season or has the way the season is laid out maybe cooled your thoughts on some of those no, I, I think there were lots of things in summer camp that will apply going forward, you know, not the least of which is utilization of outdoor spaces and a little more spread out areas. You know, we spend a lot of time 
indoors in the clubhouse, but we're we're finding ways to do that. I, I think that um, our, our guys really adapted well to a, a short ramp up. I think the reality of some of these injuries with some of the short ramp up time with, you know, cooling down after a first spring training and then ramping back up. There's a lot of reasons that you could dig into, but I don't think it was structure of summer camp, so to speak. I think our guys really did a nice job during the course of that and got themselves as ready as possible. Uh, and, you know, and really come out, came out the gates in a, in a good spot to start the season. So I'm proud of what those guys did. I'm proud of what our operations group did to put the ballpark in a great place. Uh, I think a lot of these things will will trend will transcend what we did during summer camp into future spring trainings. Yeah, it'd be interesting to watch again how you can add and, and make something even better uh, with those new experiences, even if they're experiences that you didn't foresee coming. Are you happy that this is the last one with the Royals? You know, sometimes there's a team that just plays you tooth and nail, and they did it last year too. Even though the Twins ended up on the front end of most of those games, I mean, ten times seeing even your best friend in 17 days can get a little old, can't it? It does. I, I think, you know, seeing, they play hard. They're good, you know, good young team. I think Mipathini's got that group playing hard every night. Uh, they they compete and they battle. I, I have a ton of respect for Dayton Moore and what they've created over the years there. And I think that's a credit to their organization. You know, they're growing, they're developing. They'll be a force to be reckoned with over time. I also think the reality of the schedule this year, having a lot of games against one team in a short stretch has been tricky. I mean, it's, it's hard not to have emotions run high and have some of those challenges get presented, but uh, it'll be good to hopefully get out of there, play play a good game of baseball today, and then move on to Cleveland. Yeah, which should be a great series every time Cleveland and Minnesota get together a battle at the top of the American League Central. Derek, we certainly appreciate your time and your insight. As always, you stay safe. This has been Inside Twins, brought to you by Quick Trip on your home for Twins Baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Quick Trip. For all your grocery essentials, plus hot food, including pizza and freshly prepared hand-breaded fried chicken, Twins fans, Quick Trip has you covered. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.